Legal team gonna be busy this week. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham, joined, as always, by good friend and co-owner of the website, Neil Smith. And we're going to kick off the show today on a slightly somber note. Uh, love to kick it off with a joke, funny story, interesting anecdote, if you will. But uh wanted to just make mention of uh, Cedric Benson passing away this weekend in the motorcycle accident. Uh, devastating news, to say the least. 36 years old. Me and Neil both being from Chicago, growing up Bears fans. They drafted him number four overall. He was supposed to be the heir apparent to the backfield. And, you know, the the team with Walter Payton being such a huge thing there, running back is always a huge talked about position in Chicago. And, uh, you know, he was such a big guy there for so long. And then, of course, going on to Cincinnati and the career he had there with the Bengals. Fantasy relevant for sure for the entirety of his career. And uh, it was just it was disappointing to see uh, a good guy go at, uh, at such a young age. So we want to just give a shout out to uh, to Cedric, Cedric, the entertainer. So uh, on that, Neil, how uh, how you doing this evening? Well, doing all right, but it was very sad the whole Cedric Benson thing. Cause you and I grew up watching him play. So, and then also, I mean, he was fantasy relevant, like you mentioned forever, even when he was in Cincinnati. So he had quite the career and yeah, he did a lot for the Chicago area. So <laughs> we'll be missed, but we're here to do a fantasy show. So we'll do it. We'll do a different intro Absolutely. a little bit. Lighten to get, mood, like, we're going to lighten, lighten it up a little bit. For us here. So we're going to spend a lot of the show talking about Steve's favorite topic in the universe this year. Last year it was Le'Veon Bell. This year it's Antonio Brown. We're going to do, I this can... is when I need like the uh, the cartoon bomb falling from the sky and exploding. That's what we need whenever. That's right. The important nonsense up. podcast where the show meeting happens during the show. Oh, <laughs> uh, we do need that. Drop. I mean, that's why we are like the uh, third from lowest rated podcast in the history of fantasy football. Neil. That's what we, we can't do. possibly be that low. We can't possibly. I've heard some of these other. We can't pot. We can't possibly be that low. Uh, although we, our, our latest one-star review did have me roll. <laughs> but, Don't forget to get that five-star review in on iTunes. Pump yeah, up. yeah, that would really help out. Uh, really stick it to that one guy. <laughs> that one guy who did not care for our performance. But to bring it around, last year, Antonio Brown decided to have a party for the Pro Bowl. And he hired a professional chef. And this guy comes in and he decides he's going to make salmon, not we're not even going to go there. We're just we're going to save it for hard knocks. Yeah. The chef decided to keep the heads from the fish to make a stock for a soup that was to be served later in the meal. Antonio Brown took this as a threat, a la the, the head in the bed from The Godfather, kicked this guy out of his house, and proceeded to keep all of this man's equipment that he was using to cook the food. And this poor guy is now suing Antonio Brown for $38,000 or the return of his stuff. So this is why we always do our PSA about why Antonio Brown usually shows up a little bit lower in our rankings. Not because we particularly hate Antonio Brown, but because these are the things that seem to happen to Antonio Brown that don't seem to happen to other people. I don't know too many other people, even pro athletes, that are being sued for $38,000 because they misinterpreted a situation and stole, allegedly, allegedly, retain someone's property without their permission that that's a bizarre story all i'm gonna say about antonio brown 
is given his general demeanor and attitude to the entire world, I feel like he probably needed a new helmet a long time ago. Wow. Leave it at that. Yeah, let's do the news. Uh, Melvin Gordon now looking like he is going to hold out into the regular season. Latest reports are now saying that he's had little to no contact at all from the Chargers. Look, as we mentioned before, Neil, this was the situation that I felt was the most dicey. The Cowboys are in more dire straits. They need to get Zeke back on the field, whereas there's so many great options for the Chargers that they can let Melvin Gordon basically walk away this season and not care. Uh, So I think that this is going to go into the regular season unless something changes, unless there's some kind of injury and he gets traded or something. I think we're going to have another difficult Le'Veon Bell situation on our hands. I would say, given how this is plummeting his ADP, at some point he's going to be worth it. I know in my own personal rankings, I just did an update this weekend, and he dropped to right around 20, I want to say, my running back ranks. But a guy you have to keep your eye on is Justin Jackson. Uh, All indications are that with Gordon out, him and Eckler are going to basically have a 50-50 split of the backfield. In PPR format, I certainly want Eckler more because he's the pass catcher. But Justin Jackson's going to get his touches. He's going to get an opportunity to get on the field. And uh, especially the goal line carries. So that's 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 where I'll jump in. Hundred percent there. Yeah, with how late he's going in drafts, the value you can get for Justin Jackson right now, especially if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, if you're someone that swings for Melvin Gordon, reach for Justin Jackson. Who had to draft early, or someone who had to draft early, you should be working out how to get Justin Jackson if you didn't. That's that's a situation that you had to, you have to have that kind of, unfortunately, kind of move at this point to try and get that that situation rectified because in my personal rankings i did do an update so both of our rankings are updated uh i'll have another update this uh this coming sunday or monday and melvin gordon is coming down he's going to be that's the adjustment i've been waiting to make uh until it looks like there's no hope left and frankly i think that's unfortunately where we are so i co-sign everything you said there uh but both eckler and jackson obviously will both their adp will be rising and so will they in our ranks meanwhile uh josh gordon the man, the myth, the Every legend year. has reemerged from his coke den to rejoin the NFL. All right, this is the second <laughs> giant like borderline lawsuit worthy thing that we're going to I'm going to be trying to hustle you, apparently. Legal team going to be busy this week. <laughs> Josh Gordon is back with the Patriots. Continue. How does it affect your rankings, not only for him, but also for the remainder of the Patriot offense? Uh, Josh Gordon comes in for me at wide receiver, 35. He's right at the top end of where you want flex wide receiver, because I don't want to be counting on him every week, especially in formats where I'm starting three wide receivers. However, if he is my flex, I'm feeling pretty good about that. What it ultimately did was a lot of these guys, unfortunately, had to had to come down. So Braxton Berrios... Dontrell Inman, who we'll get to later, uh, Cameron Meredith, uh, and Akeel Harry all took big hits along with Philip Dorsett and uh, well, Julian Edelman himself also. There. We can just mention it now, but Dontrell Inman did get cut as a result of yes, this uh, that did happen, and then ultimately signed with the Chargers. For me, it's not much of a blip on the radar. I don't know. If it actually doesn't. Re- no, I don't. But to be honest with you, I did. we did talk about this uh, in the staff channel, and I was one of the people that's been saying all preseason they needed to get 
another guy because they don't really have a fourth wide receiver and none of their three guys are the picture of health. So I think he actually could make the roster just because they don't really have a whole lot. So, but it doesn't really change my projection of him per se because well he wasn't projected for a whole lot of yeah points. him or the rest of the Chargers. I'm I'm good with yeah all it that doesn't still. Yeah. really change too much. He's a he's a flyer. He's somebody who I think will ultimately make the roster just because of necessity and uh, or he's, he knows the he knows the system as well, which you pointed out. Uh, but Edelman was the one that's probably the most noteworthy for me. He was my wide receiver six. I was all in on Edelman and I had to readjust him down. He's my wide receiver 10. So I'm still five points ahead of consensus and ADP because he's clocking in for most people around 15. Still high on him. Still think he's going to have a great season, but you got to make room for Gordon being out there. And I got to believe Jordan's too talented and the Patriots are too desperate for him to, if he can play, they're playing him, right? You and I agree on this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Thin. The biggest hit for me was Nikhil uh, Harry. Nikhil Harry. That's uh, the one that he, he took had a the huge drop overall. off. And uh, then uh, Edelman for me dropped from wide receiver seven to 10. So we have him in the same spot now. So we're same spot there. And then uh, Gordon himself ended up somewhere, I think around 32 for me in my new updates. So, I mean, look, the biggest loss for me is with Josh Gordon now coming back to the Patriots, it really crushed my New England area rec league ranks uh, that shook them completely <laughs> upside down. So, uh, yeah. Oh, man. So now I guess I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board there. But so you're telling, me the, you're telling me the you're telling me the telling me the Bristol Raiders just fell out of the top 10. For your uh, yeah, like, yeah, yep. that's a big hit for them. Yeah, yeah, and now uh, I got Gary O'Shaughnessy number number one overall. So if you want to, wow, that's a hot take. What <laughs> what a hot take. We'll revisit that mid season <laughs> when his sciatica's back back up again. Yeah, but just around the time just... this becomes a fantasy golf podcast because <laughs> we're not going to be allowed to cover the NFL at the rate. Steve, at the rate Steve's going, we're not going to be allowed to cover the NFL anymore. <laughs> yeah, I should probably I should probably just move on. You're right. Meanwhile, Sharknado has returned. He is signed with the Colts after Donta Foreman missed another meeting. Oh, I'm sorry. He just went to IR this time. Uh, something. It was something in that neighborhood. <laughs> something in that arena. <laughs> sure. Nothing positive. Uh, the Sharknado is back. And we yes. <laughs> mentioned this before. We were talking about running back depth. And uh, I believe, who was it that got hurt that we were talking about this? It wasn't Donta Foreman and the Colts. Was it somebody got hurt and we were talking about how Jay Ajayi well, is like one of the last guys uh, left unless you want. Sharknado. I think we might have been talking about Buck Allen, who did a brief stint with the Saints and uh, and then immediately went to IR. Um, did Spencer Ware? Uh, was it Spencer Ware? That doesn't sound right. I think it might have been Buck Allen because I know he for sure went to IR. We were discussing that. Anyway, it was some some running back got hurt and we were talking about depth on the free agent market. And it was like, well, Jay Ajayi is the best available unless you want to recall that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and sure enough, <laughs> the Colts are like, yep, Sharknado, bring him on. Yeah, bring him on in. All right. So Sharkandrick West stands. He's back. There you go. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Keenan Allen dealing with an ankle injury for the Chargers. Should be ready for week one, but it is something to monitor for sure. You always want to, you know, keep an eye on these nicks and bruises throughout the training camp and preseason. But for the most part, uh, they they tend to not have too much of an impact. It's the lingering stuff that you really have to worry about. And for a guy like Allen, who's had an injury history in the past, especially with his legs, uh, it, it's certainly worth noting. Yeah, I don't think it's something that necessarily is worthy of a rankings adjustment, but it is something that uh, he's not going to play too much more in the preseason, if at all. And uh, he's not really practicing. So just something to keep an eye on. 
Neil, one of the disadvantages we have of being an audio-only podcast is that you can't see, but right now I am taking a knee out of protest of Hard Knocks. (laughs) So I will not be playing the intro and drop for the Hard Knocks review out of pure protest because this has been the worst Hard Knocks I have ever seen. So if I mean, no, 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 no. What about that buck season? <laughs> what about the buck season, man? Like the buck season was great uh, compared to this. Okay, then fine. The Falcon, Gerald season. McCoy. The Falcon. What about the... the Game of Thrones? I mean, I would watch <laughs> that all over again. Oh man, and that wasn't even good. Tell like, okay, so fine. The Falcon. So it's better than the Falcon season. The Falcon season was bad. It's just they're trying to make these storylines that I just don't care about. Yeah, that's the problem. So, really not. And not, since there's no yeah. storylines and the team is terrible and everyone knows they're terrible, they just keep and there's no personality. They just keep force feeding me John Gruden. Oh, yeah. It's ESPN just, it, did that for almost a decade. So <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm good on this. Uh, the only the only thing that I thought was entertaining was just going to want being to watch uh, uh, Darren Waller's ADP take the hard knocks bump you know what i mean because this this for whatever our opinion is by the way and it is an opinion uh the uh the ratings have been amazing for hbo i mean they were going to be anyway of course it's the the raiders one of the most popular franchises yeah so they they've been happy but yeah really there's not much the highlight of the episode people if you're out there and you haven't watched it yet you can literally watch the first five minutes with frank caliendo and Flip over to something else. Maybe if you're on HBO Go, just watch like last week tonight with John Oliver. Like catch up on those. Because, uh, but yeah, Frank Caliendo was funny. But that's the other thing. They had to bring in people to like outsource <laughs> the the fun right. thing. like they got to bring him in to do his Gruden, which is spot on, and it was it was fun. But yeah, Darren Waller will go up. They had a nice montage of him making a bunch of really athletic catches and it's a feel good story. Cause it came out that when he was with the Ravens, he was an addict and, and uh, like he was an opioid addict and that explains right. a lot. And about he's his been one of those there. Uh, tight end sleepers that people have mentioned too. It's the same system that made Jared cook look like a fantasy. I mean, they're going to throw to the tight end. It's Gruden. So they're going to throw it. What to Jared Carr does. He, he yeah, loves to so, have that safety blanket. The, the yeah. problem with Waller is it wasn't just, the the off the field issues with Baltimore it was his hands caught up to him. yeah well and also so, but just that's my general point here it's nothing yeah. more than just watch his ADP go up that happens that happens all the time uh, with hard knocks so yeah, if you were hoping to get bump. Yep. yeah if you were hoping to get him <laughs> cheap probably not going to happen anymore uh, AB became a probably an overnight sensation in the analytics community which you and I are on the fringes of uh, men lie women lie analytics don't lie will be uh, made by a bunch of nerds and glasses uh, on a t-shirt. Oh, my favorite part about doing that, that. <laughs> is all through the Twitter community with the analytics community is it's that clip of him saying men lie, women lie, analytics don't lie. And they're posting that with analytical data showing how Juju is a better receiver. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's my favorite. Uh, it's so perfect. Uh, but and then my only other thing was the more I learn about that the rookie that Abram guy, the less I want to know. Uh, the more he really? is just a raider. I mean, just yeah, he really that is guy. perfect for that franchise though. Like he is a raider. Like he is perfect. Like for the for the historical. Like the ghost of Al Davis is doing a big thumbs up with that. They're like he's like yes, that's exactly what I want. 
And he is just such an unlikable character for me in that show that it's just like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get into this, but yeah, they're grasping at, st- at storylines. They can't make anybody palatable. And frankly, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of happy that it's wrapping up here. Yeah. It's get into been, real, like said, been get one into of the real more disappointing. We can get into uh, real football seasons. Yeah. It's, so. it's been bad. Let's cut into our AFC South breakdown. Uh, there's a lot of guys to get through for this. Some of them we've already mentioned before, but we'll kick it off with the defending champion of the division, the Houston Texans. Only uh, change they made is Tim Kelly, the new offensive coordinator. He, of course, got a promotion for doing such a great job with their tight ends as the tight end coach because all the notable tight ends they've had over the years under Bill O'Brien. Uh, so first, of course, you've got Deshaun Watson. He is my QB2. He is your QB2. He's the world's QB2. He has a legitimate chance to be QB1. Um, oh, yeah. Just the, the kid multidimensional. There's so many stats and different figures out there you can look at. Uh, one of my favorite tweets I saw was players who have over 5,000 passing yards and over, I think it's like 1,500 yards rushing in their first 20 games. And it's Deshaun Watson, and that's the list. It's just it's the only <laughs> So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a just, special talent. Crazy stuff like that. So, if they can keep the kid upright, he has a legitimate chance to be, you know, one of the best out there right now. So, I, I don't think there's much to mention about him beyond that. Right. No, and I was telling you, the, I was telling you, we were putting our rankings together. We both landed in the same, the same area, the same spot. I was saying, well, they handed him a job description, and it's really, it's like, like a fortune cookie size that just says do everything, because the line's bad, and we can't help you there, and we got really one player you can get excited about on offense consistently, and everything else is a work in progress around here. So good, good luck to you. And he delivers on that, which is insane. And then running backs, we've got the old standby, Lamar Miller. We said all offseason, what are they going to do to fix the running back situation? Or are they going to replace Lamar Miller? They're not. That's the answer. Uh, they, of course, made the trade to get Duke Johnson. They still have Gregory Howell, who's back, and then the rookie, uh, Demaria Crockett. So, I mean, he's kind of one of the sleepers out there that people are talking about late round. But, Look, Miller is one of those guys that you absolutely do not want, but you will take. He he's the ugly chick at yep. the end of the night at last call. You it's beat like, me to well, it. Nobody yep. else is here, so I guess I'm going home with you. That's Lamar that's, Miller. This season. That's exactly how that works, and he is the literal jumping off point of like the end of running back. You know what I mean? He's the last train out of the station in terms of. Well, at least I know that he has like a full-time gig and I relatively can project it. And I know what I'm getting more or less after that, it just starts, you know, tanking out of control. Cause how running back works. It's a series of cliffs. The more interesting one, Steve, I think is Duke Johnson, frankly, than, right. than for anyone for that's the real. And I noticed you and I ended up coming to the same conclusion here. Mm-hmm. And well, it's, it's kind of interesting how they all yeah. shake out. So consensus yeah. and ADP both have Lamar Miller at 30 mm-hmm. and they both have Duke Johnson right around 43. Uh, experts going at 42 ADP at 44 for me I've got Lamar at 35 and Duke at 39 Th- they're gonna use Duke Johnson no, they I acquired him for a reason 
and he's going to be the pass catching back, which in PPR is going to have value. He's not necessarily going to have the same amount of, you know, like uh, between the tackles carries, but with that offensive line, do you really want him? Do you really want the between the tackles <laughs> carries with that line? So I feel like Duke Johnson is a guy that I can take right around the same area as Lamar Miller and feel okay about it. Where like you're in the same boat as me where I'm, going to kind of hedge. I don't want to pay what I have to pay to currently get Lamar Miller, whereas I'm willing to pay a little higher, you know, where I value Duke Johnson to end up with him ahead of ADP. Yeah. And for me, I'm pretty much smack on with uh, ADP for Lamar Miller, just because I feel like I've seen this movie so many times that I feel like I know what I'm getting bad line and all injury concerns and all. I kind of know what I'm getting. Whereas Duke Johnson for me is the one that we arrived at the same conclusion, mostly because it's the same logic clearly that goes into it. Cause that was my thought process, which is, yeah, old reliable Lamar Miller. You take him there for the value and the safety, but you want to you want to go uh, and really look at spending up a little bit higher over ADP for Duke Johnson because that's where I think. I mean, they go hurry up so much, they run so much of their offense out of out of the hurry up no huddle, and that's Duke Johnson time. He that's what they got him there for. Well, so it's he's, the hurry up and it's the shotgun, the shotgun to get yeah. away from that line and give Watson. Yep. And they're going to, so they're going to have Duke Johnson on the field a lot more than I think people are realizing. And when he's out there, they throw a ton of, they like to throw a ton of dump offs because it's just the nature of the safety valve. Plus he's a pretty good pass protector. So he's going to be out there. So I have him right at RB 40. And it's mostly because I think that he's going to see a lot of work in that department. I don't think he's going to get hardly enough carries to matter. You know what I mean? You're not drafting him because you, he's going to be the, the, the outlet guy. And I think he's very capable at that. And he's better. At, he's better at that than anybody they've had there in. This is your beat. Like in your strip, you haven't even beat me to a name. You know what I mean? Like in, you mean like running back wise, like that role of running back, particularly like they haven't really had anybody. I and mean, the only, recently. the only, they had, they, Frank they don't Gore, really, have not really monster. I mean, it's, yeah, they kind of had Frank Gore do everything for a while. And then you mean Arian Foster, they had, Arian, probably, Foster, yeah, they had Arian Foster, uh, yeah. who did everything for, yeah, them well, for he, a yeah, while. Yeah. And before that they had, uh, who it was, um, Steve Slayton. Yep. He was yep, more of yep. the, the in-between guy who had one kind of breakout season at running back. But before that, you know, they didn't really have anybody when the franchise first started. So, it's you kind of have to just stumble into it and get lucky. But with that offensive line, there's places like the Cowboys where you have a great offensive line and anybody can run behind it. The Eagles, you have a great offensive line, the, the Patriots, great offensive line. Anybody can run behind it. When you have the worst offensive line in the league, (laughs) it makes it really difficult for anybody to just waltz in there and do well. So that's the same reason that I'm not, in on this whole sleeper thing with Howell or Crockett. Like the, the only way that those guys become valuable is if they're able to assert themselves behind a horrendous line. And I just don't see any way they get onto the field to make that happen. And when they do, I just feel like they get destroyed. So that's fair. Unless something crazy happens, I just don't buy either one of those guys. It's not worth a pick for sure. No, they're not. To me, they're not worth you and I have those guys rated pretty much off the board. Like I have, we're both have them in the 400. So they're not somebody you're going to draft. Crockett is somebody that 
has been making the rounds recently on a lot of outlets as a trendy kind of sleeper person. It sounds like neither you or I are particularly enthused by it for very much the same reason, which is I'm not really interested in the between the tackles guy uh, behind the worst offensive line in the league, which is why I'm more interested in a guy like Duke Johnson and same for you as the consensus is because he's going to have more value than I think people want to assign to him. Wide receivers, it obviously begins with DeAndre Hopkins, who we have talked up countless amounts of times, so we'll move on. Will Fuller, Kiki QT, DeAndre Carter, Vincent Smith, these are all names to note. Uh, the highest going right now is Will Fuller, who's going at 32 in consensus, despite a rank of 35. Kiki going at 52. Uh, I'm a little bit lower on Fuller and higher on QT. And this is mostly because of fool me once. <laughs> shame on you, right? Fool me twice. And what would this be? The third time he would third, fool me? This is the third time. So, would... I mean, look, Will Fuller, uber talented guy. And I mentioned the stat last season when we talked about it and he came back from that injury is that in their short amount of time together, when DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Deshaun Watson have all three been playing at the exact same time, the numbers for Watson, Fuller, and Hopkins are insane. Like, the offense clicks on all cylinders when those three guys are playing. Unfortunately, it is a rarity that all three of them have been on the field at the yeah, same time. Yeah, limited, limited sample size. Limited sample size, unfortunately. So, I can't in good conscience, trust that Will Fuller is going to stay healthy, which is why I have him at 39 compared to the ADP of 32. So that means I've got him as a high-end flex guy, which I'm good with, my fourth wide receiver, compared to taking him as a third guy that I have to play on a weekly basis. That's fair. I, I don't really have too much pushback on that. Uh, for me, I've got Fuller pretty much right in the middle of it. I've got him as my wide receiver 34, so I'm right in the middle of consensus and ADP. Because, frankly, at that point, you're looking for guys that if he's my wide receiver three, I'm willing to roll the dice on him being injured. Apparently, I am willing to be fooled the third time uh, because he's just so talented when he's actually on the field. And as we've already discussed, that is, in fact, the issue here. Uh, QT, who you've been referencing, is a solid player, and I actually have him uh, higher than both consensus and ADP at my wide receiver 50. But I am three spots lower than you. Uh, <laughs> I do know going back to last year that this was your this was one of your like darlings of Kiki. like, watch. Yeah, watch he this guy. Me. So <laughs> we're riding. riding. Yes, exactly. So what I will say is uh, he is also not the picture of health. And we saw it again in the preseason already. So that's why yeah, I'm willing to give scary. him a little bit more of a look. But neither one of these guys just this is the, the what I'll say for both of them. Buyer beware. Like here's this my is point. caveat emptor so, written all over it. Like you've got Kiki QT, right? Uh, he's going 52, currently ranked 47 by consensus. Yeah, by consensus rankers. I also have him 47. I'm right in line with them. I'm just ahead of you. I'm ahead of ADP. And I'm only eight spots lower on QT than I am on Fuller. Same region, flex area. My thought process here is they're both super talented guys. What do they do in the offense? Fuller is the guy that runs down the field and puts his hand up. QT is the guy that runs two yards and turns around and waits. And what have we been talking about this whole time with the Texans? Uh, you have limited who do time you to do anything. <laughs> who do you think 
Watson is going to have time to throw the ball to the guy running 20 yards down the sideline or the guy turning around at the line of scrimmage. Again, so I volume can't is going to be QT's yes. big thing here. Can't fault so that as logic. Long as he can also stay healthy. I think he will be right in the mix to be a strong flex play. They all time. will. The, yeah. All three of those guys, the starting receivers, assuming health, are excellent options for the Texans because the offense is so high powered when they're all playing. The issue, as we've discussed, right. has always been getting them all on the field at the same time. But what I will say in Will Fuller's defense is, I mean, Deshaun's mobile enough that he'll just, a lot of times you'll watch him sprint out and just bomb it down the field, and that's where Fuller makes his bones anyway. He's always been that guy. He's not really like the traditional PPR person you're looking for. He's more in the Deshaun Jackson mold of, I'm going to only catch two or three, but I'm going to have like 128 yards and a score, maybe two, and like that's kind of that's kind of and he's really good at that. He's he's proven over time. He is incredibly effective at that. And as I move down the page here, Steve, do we need to do tight end? You don't well, want see, any tight any of these in tight 2013, ends. Like, when Owen Daniels left the team, they decided to retire <laughs> the position from the offense. Got it. Okay. No, so, that makes sense. So we're going three wide. Since, since they don't acknowledge it, why should we? Yeah. So you don't want any of the Texans tight ends. None of and it. Then There's the no defense, reason. Um, uh, this will shock you since I'm the homer here, right? But uh, ADP is nine, consensus is seven. I know you're up there as well. I believe you have them top ten. I still believe. Uh, I do. I still believe. I'm still there. Yeah, I I've got them sixteen. Okay. And my logic behind that is I I'm still finding it hard to believe that Jadavian Clowney comes back. Well, they've been saying he's going to get traded, so that's... that's I still say it makes the most sense in the world for them to just trade him to Washington and get Trent Richardson. You are just mean today. Oh, man. Trade him to Washington and you get the tackle that you've needed for so long and you solve that issue. Okay, it's not about... Sending sending someone to purgatory. It's about right. I would have love something to I need. have Jadavian Clowney gotcha. stay on the team, but he doesn't appear to want to be here, and they have a huge need at offensive line. Well, I think he'd like Whereas, to be there if they would pay him what he would like to make. Right, and that seems to be the issue. Right. So roaming whatever it is he does for this team now, he doesn't want to get paid for. So yeah, just ship him to Washington. Get us a tackle so that we can actually save. Deshaun Watson's life every <laughs> once in a while. That would be nice. That would be nice for all of us. Would be your franchise uh, and for fantasy and players. And then they have for the fifth most difficult schedule in the league this season. That's what happens so, when you're a playoff team. Exactly. So because of that, uh, I am down on the Texans defense this year. Fair enough. The Indianapolis Colts, the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Uh, Jack Doyle has hip surgery. He has reportedly lost 25 pounds, but is slowly regaining weight. And that is an old note. So it is actually um, back to right around where he was before that. They signed the franchise in the offseason. And despite flirting with Jay Ajayi all offseason, they said, baby, we can't quit you. And they kept Marlon Mack on as the workhorse back in the backfield. So. Biggest story of the Colts this preseason has been the health of one Captain Andrew Luck and what he's doing out there on the field. So now it's a foot issue. Uh, he oh, was that my depends on who you talk to. Yeah, so that's the problem. That's the scary part in all this. No one seems to know, and this is why I keep. What is up with the Colts training staff? Like, I this is where I go on my rant. Like, what are you doing? 
every year with this. You can't. This is un, it's it's unacceptable. This is what I. But you, it's what you expect from a Jim Mercer. They broke Peyton Manning. Break everything. Andrew Luck. Can't have nice things. Can't have nice like, things. This training staff that they have just cannot keep people upright. It's uh, it's embarrassing, frankly. So Andrew Luck was my QB three. Uh, with this injury scare, he has slipped to QB six. My rankings: he is consensus QB six, going QB five. He is my QB three, but as of Saturday, he will likely be my QB six or seven, depending on on that. But we'll have to see because. It depends a little bit on whether or not he's going to be playing week one. Uh, that is the the note that I would give to everyone, which is his official s- status, they've said, is they're going to decide who's going to be doing week one, given where he's at after the third preseason game. So we'll hopefully have another update for you on this situation next week. But uh, yeah, this is a scary one, and it's definitely uh, a lot of cold water being thrown around here on this. I don't like it. I don't care for it. A lot of hype on Marlon Mack this offseason. Mac coming in at my cube, or I'm sorry, my running back 18, running back 18, and 19 in ADP. Uh, for the issue for him, it's really been health as well, staying on the field. Other than that, he seems to have all the tools, especially in PPR. Yeah, he's a fantastic talent, and it's a shame the Colts, again, training staff. Uh, I have him at 21, and that's literally because of the Colts training staff. I would be more in line with everybody else because I honestly think that's what you can expect. But I had to factor in that I may he may miss a game or two here, just small amount for varying little nicks and bruises. And it was the Colts, now that you're mentioning it, with Spencer Ware being hurt first half. You're talking about the Jay Ajayi flirting through the whole offseason, and now he was available unless you want Sharknado. That was it. That was it. They got West. Um, But yes, Spencer Ware, who they signed in the offseason, did get hurt IR. So they went out. They got Donta Foreman off waivers from the Texans, and then they put him on IR. And now it's Sharknado's turn to go to IR. And then uh, you've got Naheem Hines, who's still there. Jordan Wilkins, still there. I thought this was very interesting, the fact that consensus and ADP have Hines in the mid-40s. We're the Naheem Hines uh, show. I'm fine with that. Both of us. Yeah, that's uh, crazy talk. This explains a lot about why I get Naheem Hines in like every mock draft I do, because I don't understand why people think his role is going to diminish. But that's what I keep hearing is they're saying, oh, they don't really believe in Naheem Hines. And I'm like, I don't see any beat reporter saying that it just seems to be this weird narrative that has started on the internet but their loss is our gain because i'm happy to have naheem hines at rb35 he's he's a fantastic ppr player standard it's interesting because marlon mack is a three down back for them he will be out there most of the time but as we've mentioned you know when he takes breaks the third down back is going to be hines pass catching and if he gets hurt the guy who's going to be out there getting a lot of the work is going to be Hines. So yeah, that's what we saw last year. It was Wilkins got the between the tackle stuff, and then it was Naheem Hines doing the majority. Wilkins got the between the tackle stuff and did not look great. No, he did not, which is why I think they wanted someone else <laughs> to, to take a look at. They were more inclined to have Andrew Luck throw a two pass than have straight up the middle. So, that's fair. But yeah, so as a result of that, I'm, I'm more inclined to take Hines than apparently the rest of the public is. So uh, yeah. We will uh, we'll gladly own more of him than anything else. That's fine. Ty, thank you very much. He was in our uh, he was in our top twenty. 
We mentioned him initially, but we'll mention him once again. Uh, he's going wide receiver 13, ranked wide receiver 11 by consensus. I've got him 9, 16 overall. You've got him wide receiver 10. 11, actually. That's a typo uh, because of the rankings adjustment. Edelman is, uh, is 10. Oh, I've got you're correct. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes, so still. Yeah, right there. We're, we're right there. The TY stands uh, for thank you. Exactly. Uh, so that brings us to the rest of the cast of characters. They added uh, Devin Funches, as I mentioned. And of course, there's Paris Campbell, Chester Rogers, Dion Kane. How are you feeling about any of those guys? Anybody floating your boat? I mean, not really, to be perfectly honest with you. Funches is the one that's the highest rated of all of them by us and also by ADP and consensus. I, I've, I've got him at 48, but he'll plummet like a stone if uh, I even hear if Andrew Luck's not not playing, because that's all Andrew Luck dependent. It's not he needs a, they needed another big fair, body for Andrew Luck. For to me, go out. so will T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, so he so will he. A lot of them will, frankly. But uh, he's the one that I would be most interested in. But I've got him at wide receiver 48 and I'm high compared to everyone else. So, like, that's that's a lot of that. But, frankly, the rest of it, uh, Paris Campbell, I'd be more interested in next year and also if he wasn't already injured. Um, that's a shame. He was pretty talented at uh, Ohio State. And my analysis from Chester Rogers was on last year was 100% correct. Chester Rogers is not particularly talented at anything. And borderline NFL receiver at best. So, not something I'm interested in for fantasy at all. And then Deion Kane is not really worth rostering in a draft. You know what I mean? It's a name right. to know potentially for injuries and buys and we'll sees, but not really something that I really want. For me, it's really TY. And then you're kind of drawing lots at that point, if that makes sense. Yeah, Just, I'm willing to take a shot on Funches late rounds if I'm wide sure. receiver, if I went running back heavy early. I'm willing Absolutely. To sure. Or if I got a tight end because I'm that guy. Like yeah. I, I normally don't do that, but. Yeah, that's not really where the value is for these Colts. I think where we're going next is where the value is. Jack Doyle. Uh, so we've got the tight end room, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. Ebron currently ranked tight end 10, going tight end 9, going almost top 80 ADP. Ooh. Yeah, and he's... then uh, we've got Jack Doyle, who's ranked 16th, going 21 in tight end, Neil. So we will both own a lot of Jack Doyle stuff. He's he's. It's weird because we were talking about this even before we even like did projections or rankings. Anyway, the the idea that both of us in like April we're talking about. Do people forget Jack Doyle exists? Like, is he just? Did you just think he's just gone? Like. Yeah, I think people are, you, you and I are in agreement. I think people are way too invested in the Eric Ebron thing from last year. That screams yes. recency bias. Exactly. So you want Ebron Jack Doyle. has historically been terrible. Yeah, you want Jack Doyle. That's what you want. That's the real, the real guy yes. here. Yeah, Jack Doyle, when they were both on the field, Jack Doyle was taking 80% of the tight end snaps, and he was getting, uh, I think, 65% of the tight end targets. Yeah, so that's so it's crazy. He gets a heavy majority of the workload when they're both playing. Well, and he's Andrew Luck's surgery, Yeah, after the surgery, like, he's in the best shape of his life. Like this, it would be shocking to me if Eric Ebron emerges as the better tight end in this tandem. Yeah, that would be, I'd be, this is an area where I feel very confident. I know you do too, where it's like, no, Jack Doyle's the one you want. And the nice thing about that is you can pretty much get Jack Doyle at this point for your fantasy team for next to nothing. 
So let everybody else have Ebron and just wait on tight end, and you can pick up Jack Doyle and then laugh at everybody six or seven weeks into the season. And then uh, Colts defense, not not great. No, you don't really want that. I'd move on from that. All right, Neil. Well, we've been talking about road assurance the entire preseason. Now they've added a new feature where you can actually get insurance pre-draft. That's right. You can get insurance for your first four rounds picks before you even go to the draft room, before you even know who you've got. So it, this is the perfect time. We're getting into the heavy draft season right now. Take advantage of this great opportunity with Roto Assurance. You can protect your fantasy football investments by making a small one-time insurance coverage plan payment to get multiple players or one player on your team covered. So if you lose somebody, Roto Assurance will pay you your entry fee back. Injuries might ruin your player's season, Neil, but they do not have to ruin yours. So as an exclusive offer to our listeners, you can get covered by RotoSurance for 20% off. All you have to do is go to RotoSurance.com, and when you're making your insurance plan purchase, enter promo code NONSENSE. That's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, NONSENSE, to get 20% off your coverage. Injuries can happen at any time, so don't delay. Head to RotoSurance.com and get covered today a team that desperately needed some uh some medical insurance last season the jaguars <laughs> they're up next they uh they've brought on john DiFilippo as their offensive coordinator he was the oc in the vikings organization last season before he was let go after week 13 they cut carlos hyde and blake bortles really broke up the band it was an emotional day they decided to sign Nick Foles to be the starter. They also signed Terrell Pryor in the offseason. Former Bolitnikoff winner Marquise Lee is coming back. He is working his way back still from the injury that may now go into the regular season. And uh, there has been reports from ESPN that Leonard Fournette is going to be heavily involved in the passing game this season, Neil. So uh, those four games that he's healthy... He's going to be a multi-dimensional weapon for Nick Foles and the Jaguars. Uh, can Nick Foles throw a dump off accurately? We shall. So see. we started with Jags Nick football. Foles, and uh, for me, not rosterable. Not interested. Very short analysis. Pass. There's nothing good going on here. There's no reason to own Nick Foles. QB is so unbelievably deep. Why would you want Nick Foles? Exactly. So running back room, you've got Leonard Fournette, as we mentioned. Alfred Blue came over from the Texans. Uh, you've got Raquel Armstead, who's more of a, a late round guy who could get some run if something were to happen to Fournette. And then, you know, the ghost of Thomas Rawls still, still there. lurking around. So look, Fournette for me, I've got him at 16. Consensus is 15. I'm right kind of in line with that. ADP has him at RB15. The problem is. Everywhere I've seen Leonard Fournette going has been an area where I've either already got a running back or I don't care to get one and have to rely on him as my RB. Yeah, that's exactly that's that's kind of the issue. And I've got him at RB 18 just because I'm not convinced of the, the health, nor am I really convinced of, let's say, let's call it Jacksonville's offensive scheme, <laughs> their ability to actually like positively move the ball forward is very I'm very concerned about this year. Uh, especially given the man that they hired to be their OC, who you mentioned, John DiFilippo, who you may remember from last year when he was with the Vikings, where he completely failed to run the ball at 
every single level, was bad at it, didn't enjoy doing it by his own admission, and really likes to chuck the ball around through the ball too much also by his own admission. So not really liking them. Sh- sh- why do you think Fournette is going to be sh- showcased in the passing game? Because they're going to throw the ball a ton. And I just, I don't think they're going to really be as ground and pound as people think they are. So I downgraded Fournette just a little bit. Passing game, we've got D.D. Westbrook, who is currently ranked 37, 38. I've got him at 31. I told you it's one of the more nauseating things <laughs> that I'm going to be relying on D.D. Westbrook because I'm going to end up getting him in a bunch of drafts. You do. Look, the fact is that you look at it over the years, you had Allen Robinson a couple years ago. You had Marquise Lee for uh, last season. You've got guys who step into that number one role who become at least somewhat fantasy relevant. And Nick Foles can throw the ball, believe it or not, and they're going to be trailing a bunch. So they're going to have fantasy relevant options out there. You and I both wish it was Marquise Lee. Oh, 100%. And not D.D. Westbrook. But D.D. Westbrook will be a fantasy weapon to utilize this season, like it or not. Yep. He's my wide receiver 35, so I'm ahead of ADP and consensus. I'm not quite as high as you, but I do know that I'm only six spots behind you in the overall. So, yeah, you and I will be owning a ton of D.D. Westbrook this year just for that reason. They're going to throw it a ton, and they've got to throw it to somebody. And while I don't think he's necessarily even the best receiver in that room, he is the most healthy and most available, and it's not like he's bad. So that's, he's got that going for him. So like, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of hold your nose and you take it and you just try not to watch the Jacks, the the Jags actually play any games and you just kind of enjoy the point total in your, in your thing. Just watch the red zone. Just don't, don't watch the actual Jags games. Yeah. Marquise Lee, when he gets back, we're both high on. He's our guy has been our guy. He's amazing. He's a, he's the most complete receiver they have. There's a reason why, even with all the injuries that he's still on the team and they're willing to work with him because they know that when he comes back, that he's, as long as he's even somewhat healthy, he's a cut above everybody else they have. Seems like in general, compared to consensus, we are higher Jags passing. That's because I, 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 no, it's because I honest to God believe that the consensus in the ADP, people think that they're going to be the ground and pound Jags that they've been, but it's like, that's not, I don't, I don't think you and I necessarily see it that way. I know I have for speaking they, for myself. They just don't have the I personal anymore. I just don't think the they're going to do that. defense has been blown up. I think they're going to get roughed up a lot this year. Yeah, they're going to be throwing it like crazy. They're going to be chucking it from down, behind a ton. Down. I think the, the offense is just going to look a lot like that that Minnesota offense that was running last year before the the coaching change. I think that's what you're going to be seeing a lot of. A lot of three wides behind and just throwing the ball all over the yard. Uh, Jeff Swaim, the former Cowboy tight end, is the number one guy out there in Jacksonville. He's a name to not care of. doesn't matter. Yep. 100%. Uh, and then the Jags defense, as we've talked about, look, they have a tough schedule, tough division. They have a, a lot of tough opponents, and they still have talent there. I've got them at six defensively. They're going at two and three, respectively, in consensus. So... I will never own the Jags because I never pay for a premium defense. And it's just there's so many weeks out there that it's going to be difficult to actually own them. I have them at three and I'll never own them because they're going entirely too high for my liking. It's way too high. Just stick to streaming defenses. Just wait on defense and then pick matchups. Don't invest in Jacksonville. It's not worth it. And defense and tight end are two areas where it's always good to mention the overalls. The ADP is defense three. 
and your rank is defense three. So you're actually right in line with that, except that the overall ADP is pick 136 and your rank is 173. There you go. Exactly. So there's there's the disparity. Zero is, chance. I yes, won't. you think they're the third best defense, but there's no way you're going to pay that high of an overall pick to actually go get them. Always That's wait on defense, people. Always wait on defense. Always. Last and certainly not least, you have the Tennessee Titans. I don't know about Arthur Smith. I don't know about certainly. I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I would put the Jags last. So, all right, comment withdrawn. That's fair. Uh, Arthur Smith, the new offensive coordinator after Lafleur took a hike, went up to ruin Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> look for an increased workload for Derrick Henry now that you know he's got the shackles of Matt Lafleur off of him. They signed Adam Humphreys away from the Buccaneers in the offseason. They also made a surprising acquisition of Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins, which raised a lot of eyebrows about how they feel about Marcus Mariota. And they're like, oh, no, we just want a veteran presence in the locker room. And now all of a sudden, he's getting a lot of hype in training camp. Yeah, he's looking better. Debate he's looking better. Who is going to be the starter? So I have neither Mariota or Tannehill ranked as draftable or usable at all. Uh, part of that is because I don't know who is actually going to be the starting quarterback. No one does. But that, as we mentioned, it plays a huge role into the receivers, which I oh, think is kind of even, more where we're even into. one of the other even one of the running backs has a has a discrepancy with that. Because remember, well, I know this is where I wanted to touch on it briefly, but for those of you who subscribe to Pro Football Focus, we reference the QB annual periodically. And Marcus Mariota's QB annual is amazing. It's a bunch of logical inconsistencies that shouldn't be possible. And like he somehow Horrible at like throwing the ball while running forward to one side of the field, but he can do it over here. It just doesn't make any sense. So I can see why they're bringing in Tannehill. So it really makes a huge difference who's going to be throwing the ball to your point in terms of these rankings, which is why, frankly, they're kind of all over the board until they can pick a quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, Derrick Henry, a guy we were super high on last season, and uh, I will gladly be burned. By Derrick Henry again this year because well, especially I'm with all Flora, in. especially with the floor out of town. You know, exactly. They, they saw what I was talking about uh, last season, where it's like in games where Derrick Henry gets more than twenty snaps, they're like ten for twelve <laughs> in the history that he's been there. It's it's ridiculous. Yep. So he's he's the the yeah, wheel last that, season. What last season wasn't it when he had more than ten touches? They were yeah, ten and zero. They were ten and zero. Like yeah, that. and that was the stat that I figured out. And then Lafleur couldn't figure it out, and then that's why he had to go up to up to Green Bay to work in the snow. So Derrick Henry uh, ranked twenty one. He's going consensus at RB twenty. I've got him at fourteen. Yep. I, I love me some Derrick. You Henry. are me from last year, my friend. I'm right there at yep. twenty. I am right there at twenty. And if Mariota's the quarterback, I got to tell you, he's probably coming up a couple spots because they're going to not want to showcase Mariota. Like they, 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 he's been looking really shaky from an accuracy standpoint again, all through the preseason. I was referencing to you before how he had to do a punishment drive in the last preseason game because they couldn't, they just couldn't move the ball. They were out there for two series and they didn't even get a first down. So they just kept putting him out there. It seems like the frustration is real with Mariota on this one. So for me, like I do want to, I'll I'll move him up if I find out that it's Mariota, but for, if it's Tannehill, he's probably going to stay right there for me. Then this is interesting. So Deion Lewis Ranked 39, he's going ADP 51. Public hates Dion. I've got him at 42 because I also hate Dion. There you go. 
You are way higher. I love Deion Lewis. <laughs> and this is counter to my argument from last year because I think the Titans are going to be having to kind of throw a bunch of dump offs and squirrel stuff. They're going to try and go ground and pound, but we'll kind of see how it goes. But he's really there right now, frankly, mostly because I don't know who the quarterback is. So once we know who the quarterback is, that ranking is going to change. It's just that for when we did it in the preseason, and I thought it was Mariota, I was kind of envisioning a scenario where it would be Derrick Henry between the tackles doing his thing and trying to keep it going. But every time they got to go hurry up, they put Deion Lewis in. So his workload actually decreases from a carry standpoint, but his reception number would go up in that regard. So that's why I have it projected that way. But now that's got a whole uh, hole blown in the side of it, frankly, by this whole quarterback controversy. So stay tuned because my Deion Lewis ranking is that right now. But depending on who the QB is, I think we're going to be uh, talking about an adjustment come Saturday, especially if it's uh, if it's Tannehill for me. Yeah, but right now, Deion Lewis. My man. He, he he's my man, man for today. Yes, for right now, because I think he's going to be way more involved than people are, get, are giving him credit for. And then the, the wide receivers are the ones that are going to have the biggest. This is the, this is the, yeah. So first of all, ADP 36, consensus rank 33 for Corey Davis. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I don't care who the QB is on this one. Stop making fetch happen. It's not going to happen. I've got Corey Davis at 44, and I'm I'm hesitant to take him at 44. He'd yeah. never get there. And I st- even if he did get there, I'd be like, wow, that's decent value. I don't want it, but it's decent value. That's 100% correct. I'm a little bit higher than you, but I'm still lower than uh, the consensus in ADP. And it's just... I agree with the drop, frankly. Just move on from Corey Davis. It's not a reliable fantasy thing you don't want. Just pitch it away. Like, Yeah, I mean, even with Tannehill, I would bump him up in my ranks a little bit more, but I'd be closer to you and ever would be consensus ranks. Yeah, I don't and even know if, why it is the community if it is Tannehill, I'd actually probably adjust his confidence modifier to move it up a little bit, but he's not going up in projection necessarily. I think it's the same basic projection. I just feel a little bit better about it if uh, it's Tannehill throwing him the ball. Adam Humphrey's value in Tampa was that he was a PPR monster. That's not going to really be the case with uh, Tennessee. So with Tennessee, he's ranked 62. He's going 62. I've got him at 68. I'm a little low on him, but again, that's just, I don't buy into the passing offense of the Titans. And I've got him ranked too high at the moment. He's on my list to get adjusted because also he's dealing with a uh, kind of a lingering injury at the moment. So uh, I've got him at 55 at the moment, but he's coming down. Uh, as of Saturday, probably down to in the 60s neighborhood. And uh, it's unfortunate because I had high hopes for him in the early preseason or actually back in May when I did the projections for him. But it just doesn't seem like I, your 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 logic on this appears to be the way the wind is actually going to blow now that we're into camp. It's unfortunate. So he's going to have to come down. He's not the not the volume monster that we were hoping that, frankly, he would be. And then, of course, you have uh, 2017's Corey Davis, Tyler Sharp, 2016's Corey Davis Taylor. So both of them are still lingering around on the roster. And that's where Corey Davis will be in a matter of a year or two. There you go. And there's nothing else you really want. So the Titans are kind of a mystery at this point. They're very hard to rank. They're very hard to deal with. But also part of my rankings for why it's kind of weird and kind of down on everything is the tight end. He's back, Steve. Yeah. Delaney Walker back. Not dead yet. He's looking so, good in preseason. He uh, is he's looking, ranked looking 12, fast. going 12. I've got him six. They That's, love to check down do, in that do. offense. The only thing I buy into on the Titans offense 
is the run game and the check down. That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's reliable. Else is it's garbage. reliable. It's reliable. I'm, com- I'm all in on Delaney Walker having a huge role this season. Yep. And I've got him a little bit lower than you, but I've got him an eight. So he's right in that territory of people that like, yeah, absolutely. If you want to get Delaney Walker, you can, you can count on it. I don't buy in on 12. That's way too low. So you and I will both be happy with Delaney Walker this season. And then the Titans defense, no bueno. Yeah, no, thank you. So, I mean, that wraps up the AFC South. A lot of interesting things we'll have to go through with that. Next week, we, uh, we luckily will finally, finally be done with that. And uh, one more. NFC West, last division. We're, we're getting there, Neil. We can smell the regular season two weeks from tomorrow. The most important week of fake, fake book football starts Thursday, people. It's the week I'm that not- if you watch no, no preseason, if you watch none of it, you should at least try and watch this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday slate of games because anybody who isn't the Rams or the Bears at this point or maybe the Panthers, they're going to show you something. A lot of these guys are going to suit up. So uh, this is also the time, as we point out every year, that uh, the reason why you don't draft early, despite whatever expert articles people want to write uh, on the Internet tell you. Yeah, uh, we'll have to circle back to that at some point. Yeah, you, uh, you don't draft early because, unfortunately, this is also the time where you want to be mindful of injuries for this week because this is, unfortunately, when that can kind of crop up by reference to Eric McKinnon from last year, unfortunately. Yeah, this is, when, uh, this is the week when starters play the most. So. The, the week that everything can go wrong. Yep, this is it. But, this is the dress uh, rehearsal. If, you, if you're drafting this weekend, if you're getting ready to draft maybe early next week, make sure you're following the website, following us at nonsense underscore Steve, at nonsense underscore Neil on the Twitter machine, also on the Fantasy Life app, and then uh, be watching importantnonsense.com for our rankings and maybe uh, maybe a little extra rankings. Maybe, maybe. Maybe a little, uh, maybe a little Some more rankings. It's more ranking. So uh, keep your eye out for that. But in, uh, until next week, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.